Thanks for joining us today for the Eagle Drive Baptist Church podcast with Pastor Chris Thorne. Eagle Drive is a Bible-believing New Testament Baptist Church where Jesus is preeminent and the gospel of grace is at center stage. We are devoted to connecting with God, growing together, serving others, and sharing our faith. If you would like to know more about our ministry, visit EagleDriveBaptist.com. Now, here's today's message. If you'll, uh, if you'll look in your, in your Bibles to uh, 3 John, the book of 3 John, it's just one chapter, 14 verses. And we're going to go through 12 of these 14 verses in a, uh, uh, in a orderly way and, and break it down and see what God uh, is telling us tonight uh, with this. And as you look, uh, I'll tell you something about Dolly Madison. Dolly Madison was the wife of our fourth pre- president, uh, James Madison. And uh, she was one of the most popular women in America uh, in American history. Okay, wherever she went, she had uh, a group of people that, that followed her, uh, not so that they could be in the spotlight. Uh, these these people sought to be with her because of the kind of person that Dolly Madison was. She was a loving, caring person. Uh, she charmed whoever it was that uh, uh, that she came in contact with. She uh, uh, she had uh, such a uh, such an influence over people uh, and, and and with all people of different statuses, uh, whether they were obscure and unknown or whether they were very well known, whether they were rich, they were poor. She treated everybody the same and equally with love, men and women alike. Uh, and she was once asked to ex- explain the secret of her power over others. When asked this question, it kind of surprised her, and she exclaimed, "Power over people." I have none. I desire none. I merely love everyone. All right. With that in mind, uh, we're going to look at uh, uh, the third epistle of John. All right. And, uh, and there's three people mentioned here by name. And each of these three people represent uh, a type of person that can be in a church. And, and this is by no means a, a comprehensive list uh, of the different types of members and the different types of people that you find at church. Uh, I googled that too. And you get like there's like a million and one list of types of members or types of people that you find at church. This is, this is going to deal with three specific kinds of people in church. And as we look at it, I want you to, uh, to look at your own selves and say, what kind of person am I? Am I one of these three people? Uh, uh, do I, do I, am I similar to one of these three characters? And if so, what to do with that? And if not, what to do with that. All right. So, uh, so we'll get into it here in just a second. Let's pray before we get started and then we'll get into dive into third uh, uh, John. Father, thank you for this day. I pray that you would be with us this evening. I pray that your Holy Spirit would move uh, freely throughout. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to listen to your word, look at your word and study it tonight. Father, speak to our hearts. Help us to understand that there are uh, 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 good people that love you and love the truth in churches. And Father, just as you would have uh, followers of Christ in churches, Father, Satan also likes to stick his foot in and put his, uh, uh, his, uh, uh, his monkey wrench in the system, if you will. And, and, and Father, he likes to influence people for evil as well. So Father, as we, as we look at uh, these three people that are mentioned in 3 John, I pray that you will help us to determine what kind of person we are uh, in the church, and if we're being a detriment to the church or a help to the church. I pray that you would speak to our hearts, help us to respond to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Third John uh, gives the name of three different people. John writes to the first man that we're going to see. His name is Gaius, okay? And we're going to look at him in verses 1 through 4. And if you'll read along with me, it says, The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, 
whom I love in the truth. That means I love truly, all right? Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest, uh, walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Gaius had a special place in John's heart. Okay, and so John uh, John writes this letter specifically to him. He doesn't write Second uh, 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 John or Third John to uh, to a church. He writes it to people in a church, and so he he uh, he writes this letter specifically to Gaius, and uh, and we can see that Gaius holds a special place in John's heart. Notice that he calls him beloved in the uh, in the second verse. But I want you to notice in verse four it says, "I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth." If you read the first epistle of John. Uh, you see that John refers to Christians as, as children and little children. Uh, but he refers to Gaius as my children. And so it's very possible that, that Gaius was a convert directly related to, to John. Uh, that John maybe uh, witnessed to Gaius and, and won him and led him to the Lord. Um, and so John uh, uh, writes this, this book or this, uh, this letter... To the beloved Gaius, whom he says in verse 1, he loves in the truth. He truly and sincerely loves is what that means. And I wanted to notice how John starts to describe Gaius. He says that Gaius walks in the truth. Verse 4, he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. The last part of verse 3, it says, even as thou walkest in the truth. That means that Gaius was a seeker of truth. Let us remember that it was John, the same John that wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, wrote the book of John. And it was the same John that, uh, that wrote John 8, 31 through 36, and records uh, Jesus' words here. It says, Then Jesus said to the Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and we were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou... Ye shall be made free. Jesus answered them, If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Here John shows that Jesus, the Son of God, is truth in the flesh. Uh, not only that, but John also records Jesus saying uh, in John 14, 6, very familiar passage. When Jesus is answering uh, uh, Andrew, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John has made this correlation between Jesus and and the truth. Jesus was not just the bearer of truth. He was the truth incarnate. He was truth in the flesh. And so when he tells, uh, when he tells Gaius, he's like, hey, Gaius, I'm happy to hear that you are a follower of the truth. You're walking in the truth. What he's telling Gaius is that, Gaius, you are a uh, someone that walks with Christ. You're someone with, that seeks after Christ, is focused on his will, and walks with him daily. Now, because uh, uh, Gaius's life was focused in walking in and with Christ. Uh, and because Gaius walked in truth, Gaius had an excellent testimony. Look at verse 3 again. It says, For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. Look at the first part of, uh, of verse 6. It says, Which ye have borne witness of thy charity, sorry, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church. Gaius was a man of, of a good testimony because of the fact that he sought Christ in his life, because of the fact that he had put Christ in a singular focus in his life, and he was walking in the truth. 
But not only that, Gaius uh, uh, walked in the truth and had an excellent testimony, but Gaius was also spiritually healthy. Look at verse 3, or sorry, verse 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper. Okay, quick question. How healthy would you be physically if your physical health reflected your spiritual health? I mean, if you went to the hospital and the pastor went and visited you while you're in the hospital for, uh, uh, for whatever, you know, uh, 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 an infection, pneumonia, bronchitis, whatever. And if he went and he prayed for you and said, God, will you make this person, this man, this woman, as healthy physically as they are spiritually, would you be out within the hour or would they transfer you to the ICU? Look, Gaius was the kind of person that John could, could pray for very confidently and say, Gaius, my prayer, my wish for you is that as strong as you are spiritually and as healthy as you are spiritually, that you'll be that healthy physically. That's the testimony that Gaius had. And so Gaius walked in truth and was spiritually healthy. Gaius walked in truth and had an excellent testimony. See, Gaius was a loving encourager of the truth. Let's move on to uh, verses 5 through 8. Okay, uh, uh, Verse 5. It says this. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. He was a faithful in, uh, in encouraging uh, those in his church. He was a helper of the truth by faithfully encouraging those that were in the truth. That's what it means by the brethren. Okay, uh, It says thou doest faithfully uh, whatsoever thou doest to the brethren. You're faithful to the people of your church. You're a faithful encourager and a helper to those in your church. But Gaius wasn't just a faithful encourager to those in his church. He was faithful to the strangers that came to his church as well. It says, uh, uh, and to strangers. All right? Uh, and, and so um, he was faithful to Christians that were passing through, Christians that weren't members of that particular church. Uh, and let's look at verse uh, 6. It says, Which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. He was charitable to both groups of people. People in his church, okay, and people that were strangers in his church. He was loving and loved those in his church. That's what charity is, is love. He loved those in his church with action. And he loved those Christians that came to his church that were just kind of passing through. And, and what kind of strangers? Well, uh, notice that it says uh, the phrase bring forward on their journey. That means to assist on their journey. Okay, Gaius may have helped them financially. He may have provided food. He may have even provided shelter for them uh, uh, for the purpose of helping those that were truth bearers uh, passing through the church. And John encourages us. He says, hey, if you do this faithfully, you continue to do this, you do a good thing. It's a good thing you're doing. And so John says, continue to be faithful in loving those of your church and in loving strangers as they pass by too. He made a point, uh, Gaius made a point to be a helper to those that went forth and those strangers we see in, in, in verse 7 went forth in Christ's name's sake. Look at verse 7. It says, because that for his name's sake they went forth. Who? The strangers that he was dealing with. All right. They went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles. And see, Gaius was so helpful that these people didn't have to go and ask around for support. Gaius was so helpful and so charitable that as these missionaries, these preachers, and those that went through in God's name and passed by his church, Gaius supported them so well that they didn't have to ask money from anywhere else. They didn't have to ask any support from anybody else uh, uh, or anything like that. They were able to continue on their, on their mission, on their journey, 
uh, of bearing the truth. And notice uh, in verse 8, it says, We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. What was Gaius doing? He was helping them send the truth out. He was helping them to spread the truth. He was helping his brothers and sisters in Christ at his church to spread the truth. He was supportive of them. He was helping missionaries, preachers, Christians that came along doing God's work, bearing letters from John and bearing letters from other people. He was helping them as they went along on their way, on their mission to spread the truth of Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, and in doing this, John calls Gaius, or Gaius a fellow helper of the truth. See, Gaius was probably not a preacher himself. We'll look later on to see that it, it doesn't look like Gaius had any kind of a position of authority in the church. But he made sure to help those that were teaching and preaching God's word. He was an encourager and he was a helper. And see, every church needs members like Gaius. Every church needs, uh, 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 every member of a church needs to be like Gaius. We should be seeking to focus our lives in walking in the truth so much that when people see us, they see Christ. That when people walk away from us, they, they come away from us having a testimony, <coughs> excuse me, having a testimony, uh, uh, a good testimony of the truth and of love. Uh, we should have members, uh, every church, every member should be a member that is willing to help those that are spreading the truth. Whether it's members here at the church or missionaries and preachers passing through. Um, uh, the book of James says... For us not to, not to make ourselves many masters or teachers or instructors. Okay? Not every Christian is called to be a preacher or a missionary. Not every Christian is called to go somewhere and uh, uh, to some foreign land or some foreign state uh, or even some foreign city uh, outside of where they were raised. Not every Christian is called to go out, but every Christian is, is able to help those that are going out. And every Christian is able to be a truth bearer where they're at and should be a truth bearer where they're at. Uh, the question, one of the questions this evening is, are you a Gaius? Are you seeking constantly to walk in truth? Are you an encourager to your pastor, to your fellow members? Are you assisting missionaries in their journey to spread the truth? Are you a fellow helper of the truth? But Gaius is not the only person that is mentioned here in, uh, in, the, in the book of 3 John. I want us to move on to a man named Diotrephes. Look at verse 9 and 10. Uh, this is all that John writes about Diotrephes, verse 9 and 10. But in these two, two verses, we see volumes written about this man. He says, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither uh, doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Diotrephes is what we would call nowadays a narcissist. Okay? Narcissism is the pursuit of gratification from vanity or egotistic admiration of one's idealized self-image and attributes. In short, okay, a narcissist's goal is to promote, is to promote self above all other things. That's, that's a narcissist's goal. It's just... Is hey, look at me. To promote himself, to be in the spotlight uh, uh, amongst all others. He may serve, but only if that service puts him in the spotlight or gains him notoriety or advancement. I want us to look at the description that John gives Diotrephes tonight. He gives the description of Gaius, which we've studied. Now he, he, he begins to describe Diotrephes. Verse 9, it says this. 
I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have preeminence among them, received us not. Well, preeminence among them. Among who? Among the church. Among the faithful truth bearers that Gaius had been a fellow helper of in the church. Diotrephes liked to be in first place. Okay, uh, Among them. Among who? Among the brethren that John had sent letters with. And listen, uh, at the end we see that, that John uh, had sent letters. He says, and they received us not. Gaius received them. But when those letters came to Diotrephes, he said, no, y'all go away. We don't want any of this. Why? Because those people were threatening Diotrephes' uh, spotlight. All right? We don't know his exact position. Uh, 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 but it seems that Diotrephes was a leader in the church. All right? Uh, most narcissists will seek out leadership roles. And this is what Diotrephes does. Okay? Remember, he liked to have the preeminence. He liked to have the, the spotlight on himself. And he wanted to be in the spotlight, and those that would dare threaten to steal such spotlight would not be received by him. But he didn't just not receive them. He didn't just say, hey, y'all are coming in from, from out of town. Who are y'all visiting from? John. Hmm, he's a bigger guy than me. He has more influence than me. So no. So y'all go somewhere else. He, would, he wouldn't just not receive them. But then those that would receive them, notice in verse 10, he says, wherefore... If I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words and not content therewith. I'm getting ahead of myself here. He, he started talking against them. He started talking bad about them. Okay, that word prating against us means to berate mischievously. That's to talk badly about somebody. With malicious words means to lie about someone. Diotrephes then told hurtful and damaging lies about John and those in his company. Why? Because in Diotrephes' eyes, John commanded a bigger spotlight. Okay, but we know this John. We know that he had no desire of power over people. Okay, uh, much like Dolly Madison described, was described, that she had a power over people when she was confronted and said, how do you have such power over people? She said, power over people? That's nonsense. I don't have power over people. I don't want power over people. I just love people. And John is known as the apostle or the disciple of love. I mean, he wrote more about love probably than any of the other, uh, other, of the other books. John writes a lot about love. And, uh, and so he, he, was, he was familiar with love, with true, charitable, sacrificial love. And John, like Dolly Madison just sought to love people. And because of that, God blessed him with influence. Diotrephes saw that as, ah, he's still in my spotlight. But not only that, okay? He, he wouldn't just talk bad about him. Uh, he wouldn't just lie about him. He wouldn't just badmouth those. But he wouldn't receive those brethren, okay? He, he, he uh, uh, look at verse 10 again. We'll continue there. Uh, where am I? There we go. He says, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Diotrephes wouldn't receive the brethren, and he told the members, hey, look, if you're, if you're trying to receive these people that, that John sent, and, and that, are, that are allies with John, then, then just don't come back to the church. 
He was running people out of the church because they were friends with John. Or they represented uh, 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 the, the letters that John would send to the churches. Um, this means this. That Gaius, who was a member of the church where Diotrephes was. Gaius and Diotrephes probably didn't get along. Gaius and Diotrephes were at odds with each other. I want you to notice something, though, that doesn't happen in these two verses. That's all John says about Diotrephes is in verses 9 and 10. That's it. That's all he says. But in those two verses, you don't hear John going up to or, or John, John telling Gaius, Gaius, go ahead and, go ahead and cut, cut Diotrephes down a notch or two. He doesn't tell him to fight Diotrephes. He doesn't tell him to argue with Diotrephes. He doesn't tell him to do anything. And see, that wasn't Gaius's job or responsibility. Seems that Diotrephes was a leader in the church. He evidently had at least the influence enough to run people out of church. Okay, and make decisions of who to let in the church and who not to. So it seems he had some authority in the church. The Gaius, who was not a leader in the church, as far as a position of the church... He was definitely a leader, but he was not an authority of the church. John never told Gaius, Gaius, uh, go ahead and, and cast him out. What does John say? Look at verse 10 again. He says, wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth. Um, he says, when I go visit, I'll remember what he's been doing, and I'll remember what he's been saying. In modern vernacular, that is, uh, I'll handle it when I get there. See, John had the authority. He was an apostle of Christ. He was out starting those churches. Very possibly was an influential character in the starting of this church. And he says, hey, when I go with the authority that I have through Christ, I'll handle it. You, on the other hand, keep doing what's right. Look at verse 11. He says, beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. All he tells Gaius is, don't follow evil. There's an example there. He's a bad example. Don't follow him. He calls out Diotrephes, uh, uh, and he says, don't follow evil. And, and it seems that in verse 11, John is making a statement here of either one of two things. Either one, Diotrephes is not saved. Okay, notice that it says at the end, uh, where am I? He that doeth evil, sorry, he that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. So either one, Diotrephes is not saved, or two, Diotrephes has never had an encounter with God beyond salvation. And John marks him and says, don't follow that man. See, in contrast to Gaius, churches do not need Diotrephes type members, all right? That guy, whatever the plural of that would be. But unfortunately, too many members are like Diotrephes. All throughout churches, all throughout our country, all throughout the world. There's so many uh, uh, diatrophies type members. They seek the spotlight for their own benefit. As if the church were an organization uh, that exists to cater to them, when in reality, the church is a place where Jesus is to have preeminence in all things. They badmouth leaders of the church and other members, rarely to their face. They are self-promoting to the point of ostracizing those that seek to be an encouragement and, and fellow helpers of the truth. 
If Diotrephes had his way, Gaius wouldn't be a member of the church. Gaius wouldn't come back to the church if Diotrephes had his way. Though Gaius was not in a leadership position at the church, at least it seems that way, he held a position of prominence solely because his testimony of seeking Christ and loving others. This was a threat to Diotrephes, as were all that were like Gaius. Are you a Diotrephes? Do you seek first and foremost your own pleasure at church? Are your preferences preeminent in your life rather than Christ's preferences preeminent in your life? Do you badmouth others in church? Do you push aside those that are being favored by God because they, in turn, are seeking to please God? Are you worried about those that would steal your thunder? This is what a diatrophies is. And John, and John calls out diatrophies as an example not to follow. But then he offers a worthy example to follow. And this is our last, our last man here in, uh, in 3 John. In verse 12, we look at Demetrius. And he only writes one verse about Demetrius. But once again, he writes volumes about Demetrius in this one verse. It says, Demetrius hath good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. Three things about Demetrius very quickly that John describes him as. Demetrius had a good testimony of all men. Not some, all. Demetrius' record was, was Demetrius' testimony was just as good as Gaius. Everybody that came in contact with Demetrius had good record of who he was and how he was. But then not only that, and it's good to have a testimony, a solid testimony of everybody that we come in contact with. I mean, that'd be great. But the truth of the matter is Satan likes to, Satan likes to take things and twist them and, 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 and shove them against people. And so some people have a bad view of people that are doing God's work and doing it correctly. So Demetrius didn't fall back on just, well, everybody thinks I'm a good person. Notice the next thing that, that John says about Demetrius. He says, um, Demetrius had a good report of all men and of the truth itself. Demetrius had a good testimony according to the Bible. You could take the Bible, you could take Christ's life, and you could take Demetrius' life, and they would match up. It's not that Demetrius was perfect, but he lived a lifestyle that was seeking Christ. I explained to Ian a little bit this, uh, this afternoon about a lifestyle. We were talking about the difference between praise and worship. I said it's not the difference between how two songs sound. Uh, uh, praise is, is, is vocal, vocalizing, verbalizing the greatness of something, the attributes of somebody or something. That's praise. And worship is a lifestyle. And, and see, Demetrius had this lifestyle that matched up with what a biblical lifestyle looks like. His life outside the church, his life at work, his life with others, matched up with someone who was looking and trying to have a lifestyle according to the truth of Jesus Christ. And so he says, Demetrius hath a good report of all men and the truth and of the truth itself. And then notice also he says, Yea, and we also bear record, and we know that our and ye know that our record is true. Demetrius had a good testimony with John. John was witness to the lifestyle and character of this man and encouraged Gaius to follow him. He said, hey, Demetrius is good. Diotrephes is evil. Follow good. Follow Demetrius. Uh, lean on Demetrius. Support yourself with Demetrius. Another quick question. 
Do you ever ask your pastor who's a good person to follow and who's not? If he told you, would you act on it? Sorry, that was two questions. Look, John tells Gaius, don't follow Diotrephes, follow Demetrius. Churches need members like Demetrius. That despite what the Diotrephes in the church would say and do, that they would remain firm. That they would remain true. Not true to a person, but true to Christ. That they would remain focused. We need men and women that would stand as an example of what is right and godly, not for the sake of them being in the spotlight, but for the sake of shining a light to the light of the world, which is Jesus Christ. I remember a story told of a reporter who was trying to see one of the great evangelists preach. I believe it was in, uh, in Chicago at a big church building, tabernacle or something like that. He's trying to get in. He wanted to, to write an article on him. He wanted to write a column about this person that everybody was flocking to see. The building was huge, and yet there were so many people trying to get in that they, they had tickets for people to get in. They, they wouldn't sell these tickets. They would give them away, but it prevented the overcrowding of the building. And so once all the tickets had been passed out, that was it. And dozens of people, and it would pack out the building. And for days he'd been trying to get in, but he was always too late to get a ticket. Too far back in the line, he was always too late to get a ticket. And one of the days he's standing out there just kind of observing the crowd, and he sees a man go in a side entrance, begin to go in a side entrance. So he runs toward him and he says, Sir, what can I do to get a ticket to see the man preaching? And the man turns around and he goes, Well, I've got an extra ticket, and you can use it. It's for tomorrow. He gives the man a ticket. And so this reporter comes back the next day and he goes in, he has his paper, he has his pen and he's writing observations of the service. And after they finish the song service he, he writes that the song service was good but not overly remarkable. And he's surprised to see that the man that gave him a ticket to get in comes up to the stage Asks the people to open their Bibles and opens his Bible and starts to preach. Huh, that's the evangelist. And he writes about the evangelist. Nothing really commanding in his voice. Not really an authoritative figure to stand on a stage. But then he makes this remark in his notes. He said, but sometime about halfway through the sermon... The image of this man melted away, and all I could see and hear was Jesus. See, this evangelist was a Demetrius. This evangelist was a Gaius. Are you? When people see you, do they see you, or do they see Jesus? Don't count on your opinion for it. Ask your pastor. I mean... Does your pastor, would your pastor, like John said of Demetrius, follow him? Follow her? That's a good example. Follow that person. Who are you tonight? You may say, well, I'm neither a Gaius nor a Demetrius, but I'm not a Diotrephes, Diotrephes either. Well, then what are you? See, 
Gaius was a helper. Demetrius was an example. And Diotrephes was a detriment. Which one are you tonight? If you're just sitting doing nothing, grab one of either Gaius or Demetrius and say, you know what? I'm going to be a helper of the truth. I'm going to be an encourager to other people here. I'm going to be the person that stands up for what's right no matter what. And, and get criticized, I'm going to do it anyway. And, and get lied about, I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to pattern my life, not after the pastor, not after some other member, but I'm going to pattern my life after the truth of God's word and after Jesus Christ. And my, and my goal in life will be to follow the truth. My goal in life will be that when others see me, they see Christ in me. Who are you tonight?